Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Unbeliever Podcast. I'm going to host a conversation about voting. Um, working title is uh, Craig and Jacob are going to scream at each other about voting. Um, so the question is going to be, should Christians vote? We're Christian anarchists. Um, so we've had this conversation privately for a while. So we're going to have it here for everyone to see. Um, now, do you guys both agree? I'll start with you, Craig, that, that that's the crux of this conversation is should Christians vote? Is that, is that where you want to go with this? We can go that way. We can go that way. We can talk to should anarchists vote as well. Okay. I think, I think there's two different fronts that we can, that we can go in on this direction. So yeah, I believe, you know, and Jacob and I, and I have gone back and forth on this quite a bit and, Facebook groups and stuff. And yeah, we can talk about it. I, everybody that knows me knows my stance on it. And I think anybody that knows Jacob knows his stance on it. So a lot of what we're going to say is things we've already said to each other. And I think when we agreed to do this, it was not so me and Jacob could try to change each other's minds. Cause I don't even know if that's going to happen today or not, but we want to do this so people could, listen to the conversation and just kind of judge for themselves or make their own minds up about it. Okay. Um, well, Jacob, let's, uh, let's hear your perspective real quick. Um, and then we'll get into the uh, debate. Sure. Well, yeah. Should a Christian vote? Should an anarchist vote? I mean, to me, it's a question that you would think would have a simple answer. And I think it just depends on, um, kind of where you're coming from. Um, kind of like I said in my video last night, philosophically being an anarchist and also, you know, being a Christian anarchist, believing in, you know, the mantra of no king but Christ, ideally the society that I would want to see here on earth would be uh, one without the state, one without uh, systems of, of uh, human coercion and violence where we don't have these democratic institutions where we can, um, you know, enact these state powers to push policies and to push law and to push our, you know, preferred worldview upon other people, you know, and democracy is essentially just mob rule. It's the rule of the majority over the, the minority. And um, so when you look at it from like a philosophical, what's moral, what is just, um, you know, I don't believe in voting or in statism. Um, while we are under those systems, then it becomes a question of, well, what do we do while those things exist? And the question to me becomes, is there a role for, you know, voting and or any kind of political activism at all for a Christian, for an anarchist or for, you know, a Christian anarchist where you can use those things uh, and to use them to try to, uh, you know, I don't think you can use the state to end the state. I wouldn't say that, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some um, that, that there aren't outcomes that you can pursue that are good uh, within those avenues. And you know, we'd have to we'll have to get into the specifics of that because I think the specifics do matter. You know, I mean, if someone were to ask me examples like, well, should a Christian vote for Trump or should a Christian vote for Biden? Uh, my answer would be no, not at all. Um, but if you would ask, should a Christian vote for 
the libertarian candidate? Should a Christian vote for vermin supreme? Or should the Christian just show up and write in Jesus Christ as king or no king but Christ? You know, I think it just depends on the, the specifics of what we're looking at. So is it, is would it, be my brief is summary. it fair to say that your position is that voting exists as a, a way to um, have your voice heard so you can participate? Is that fair? It obviously does more than that, but that is one of the things that does exist. I, I kind of have this view that voting almost doesn't matter insofar as like, you know, no, whether I vote or don't vote and whether I vote Democrat or Republican or Libertarian, it, it has virtually no outcome on the uh, or virtually no impact on the outcome of the election that at the end of the day, one of one of the two duopoly candidates is going to win is going to keep enacting the same policies that we all oppose. To me, there's not much of a difference worth getting into between the two parties. Um, you know, maybe they talk slightly different, but in terms of their actions and the policies that they push, you know, we're just talking about, you know, slightly different levels of socialism and statism, in my opinion. So um, insofar as I have a choice between not voting, which does, you know, in my my opinion, nothing. We already have, and I know uh, Craig has said this and agrees with this, we already have uh, a majority of the population that doesn't vote. So, I mean, it, to me, I guess my knowing that, it, it just doesn't seem to me that less voting has any impact. Um, so if I have a choice between not voting, which does nothing, or voting, which at least, you know, there's a few things that it can do. It can be a protest vote. It can be a defensive vote. It can be a means by which to uh, put a voice out there into the mainstream that might not be there otherwise. You know, there's a lot of different angles to go about this. But um, as long as these avenues uh, exist, even though I fundamentally disagree with them, um, I'm just kind of doing a pro-con analysis of what actions are available to me. Okay. Craig, go. Well, you just admitted that it does not have any impact on the election. I can think True. I can I mean, think of yeah. so many more productive things that I can do with my day than going to a voting booth to put somebody in charge of my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I could take a nap. That is way more productive than voting. <laughs> I love taking a nap. Voting me voting too. to me is legitimizing the state. You're, you're still, you are still agreeing with them having power over you. I don't care if it's a libertarian candidate or not. Right. What if your neighbor does not view, does not have the same views as you do? Are you okay with putting your, your ideals on them, even though they don't agree with you? Jesus told us to love our neighbor. He didn't tell us to vote against our neighbor. And when you are voting against somebody or voting for somebody to rule, over your neighbor that may not agree with you. Do you not see the, the hypocrisy there? I, I understand what you're saying, but that's not the way I view it. Um, to me, and, and this kind of kind of boils back to also the topics of self-defense and what levels of, you know, what situations you're allowed to use force in. And then, and that was kind of why we I had that conversation with Abby first on pacifism. Uh, to me, defensive force is completely appropriate and using force uh, to stop evil and to stop oppression um, 
I mean, you have to get into the specifics, but generally is acceptable. And, you know, if, if there is someone, let's say my next door neighbor has this view, his view is that it's okay to uh, beat his wife and children and keep them locked up and they can't leave their house. I'm really not shedding any tears for, you know, <laughs> me or someone else going over there and imposing our views on him, which is that it is wrong, it is evil to be beating your wife and kids and keeping them locked up and they can't leave the house. You know, I'm not against imposing my views upon someone if it's a case of I'm stopping aggression or I'm, or I'm at least if I can't completely stop it, if I'm lowering the amount of aggression. Um, so that's why I was kind of, you know, to me, it's like if you're, if you're going out there and voting because you have this mindset of my side is right and just, I want to elect people to be rulers, to be in charge because we need that. That's to me, you know, that's the whole problem of statism. That's the whole problem of democracy. Um, what I'm doing when I go out there and I vote, or if I'm trying to influence people who are already voting to vote differently, is that I'm trying to acknowledge that even though I don't agree with the state, I don't agree with voting, these things are there no matter what. And even though individual votes really don't make that much of an impact, if it's a choice between not voting at all, which is guaranteed, in my opinion, to not have an impact, or voting in a way that if it did have an impact, would objectively, you know, would either A, result in no change, or B, there would be the possibility of a change for the better and a lowering of aggression, a lowering of, of coercion in our society. Um, and, you know, those are the two possibilities. Um, I think vote, you know, if you can convince people to vote in, in that direction versus the traditional duopoly parties candidates, then, you know, that's something that's worth considering in my opinion. Again, it's not, I don't have, it, to me, the, the issue is not imposing my will upon someone uh, in and of itself, I think there are certain times where we are, as Christians, as, uh, you know, as people, we are, I think the right thing to do is to impose your will upon someone else if it means uh, stopping them from doing harm. So, so uh, let me let me get in here for just a second, because I, I saw a great quote uh, the other day that says, if the outcome of the election brings the promise of deep hope or distress, I have tethered my hopes to the wrong kingdom. Yes. Okay. So, um, let's try, because there's a middle ground here, you know, um, <clears throat> part of the personal issue that I have with voting, because uh, it's something that exists, it can't be denied that it does exist, um, the issue, I think, comes in with the, for Christians, the amount of hope that they put in it. You know, oh, well, if, you know, I had someone tell me the other day, well, you know, Kamala said she's coming to get your guns. And I'm, and I'm like, so when's she going to be here? Like, how is Kamala, like, is she coming by herself? Is she, who's she going to see? And, of course, I was trying to get them. Wait, is that it. how you say her name? Because I've been saying it wrong the it's, whole time. Now. I've no, been calling her Kamala. K Kamala. Kamala. Oh, <laughs> Kamala. I thought it was Satan. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I can think of a lot. Yeah. Never mind. Let's not go there. Um, it, that's, that's the problem because I said, okay, wait a minute. Now, Obama, let's remember hope and change. Obama was supposed to close Gitmo, was supposed to end the wars. 
Um, and I asked the question, why do you have so much faith in what Kamala says or what Joe Biden says or what Trump says? Where is your faith coming from? Because I'm looking, I mean, Trump's the 45th um, of, of, these, of these people, and they have all said a lot of things, you know. And so that hope is what I reject, you know. Here in West Virginia, um, we have a mentally handicapped, deranged lunatic sitting in the office of governor right now. And there's a guy that I've met who is going, who is running on a write-in campaign. Now, this guy has got a snowball's chance in hell of getting elected. You know, it's just not going to happen because the people of this state will vote red or blue. It, they will, they absolutely will not. So this guy's probably going to end up out of 1.7 million people, 700,000 voted the last time. He's probably going to pull in 75, 80,000 votes. You know, um, I like him. He's a genuine guy. I sat and had a conversation with him at a picnic. And I believe that he probably would do what he says he's going to do. Um, but because I've watched him as a delegate, you know, I've watched videos of him stand up there and just spit in their face. Right. So, I mean, this, this is the kind of guy, like if you believed in voting, this is the kind of guy that you probably would, would want to vote for. They but, all say that. Well, yeah, I get that. I, I'm I not don't denying. care. And I don't, I don't care what party they're coming from. Even libertarians, they all say this, the rhetoric, by a politician is never fulfilled ever. There's no evidence right. in our history since George Washington, the first president, there is no evidence in our, in American history that politicians have our best interest in mind. You could, you could go back and look at the founders and they were probably libertarians. If you want to be honest about it. By our, by our standards today. By our standards. Okay. But you look at the very first president that signed on to the United States Constitution, violated that oath. Yep. Go, go, mm -hmm. go read about the Whiskey Rebellion. There's absolutely no evidence that any politician has our interest in mind. There's no evidence whatsoever. They say a lot of things. Well, a do lot you remember, of things. Do you remember? I think I want to say it was the, the 2016 election. I apologize they, if I'm hollering. <laughs> It may have been 12, but Glenn, Glenn okay. Beck did a hilarious set of videos where they took things that the founders in election time said about each other and put them to video. And, it, dude, it was hilarious. The kind of stuff that, you know, they would basically call their mama a whore and, and the, the stuff that the founder, because it was to make nothing's the point, changed, right? It was to because people were like, well, they're just so mean to each other. It's like you ought to see what the founders, what Thomas Jefferson and James Madison were saying about each other back then. It was a whole lot worse. So oh, it, Patrick Henry, you should have read had, the stuff that Patrick Henry said about uh, Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, <laughs> we had we had didn't we have presidents that dueled or oh, politicians yeah. that, that dueled or something? And, uh, I mean, I'm. Hey, yeah. we talked about this on a roundtable on, on our podcast, and Scott Goldman said something hilarious. Let's uh, let's just let them fight it out themselves. Yeah, because right. because Putin <laughs> is trained in, in some sort of I don't know it's not martial arts or something, but he would whip 
Donald Trump's ass. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Let's put them in wrestling <laughs> trunks, put them in the middle of the ring, let them fight it out. Because well, what they're doing has nothing to do with us. I don't care. We've seen Trump, you know, in the WWE ring, you know, and I'm thinking nothing would – Nothing Which is more would, realistic than than uh, government, by the way. <laughs> nothing would warm my heart better if they get they do these debates here in a couple of weeks and Trump just I'll destroy Putin. I'm the best. Everyone thinks so. If, if Trump would hit <laughs> Biden with a metal chair, you know uh, that would be if they would just start whipping on each other. Okay, maybe it knock some sense into him. He put a put a sentence together afterwards. I don't know. We're we're getting off the rails here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can I can I chime in with Go a few ahead. things? So. There really wasn't much that you or Craig said that I have any major disagreement with. I mean, uh, first, my faith is not in policy. If if that was the uh, focus of what I was doing with my page or my activism, my personal life, um, that would be wrong. You know, my my faith is absolutely not in politicians. Um, To me, voting libertarian or showing up and doing a write-in vote of no king but Christ or whatever. Uh, I have very little faith that that's going to change anything, if at all. And I think I said that at the beginning. You know, I, I think I said the most likely outcome is nothing's going to change. If there's any chance of any different outcome coming from that, it would be something good. But the chances of, you know, anyone that's actually, uh, and we talked about this um, in our, our last thing, uh, Chris, with Abby. I said, Anyone who's an actual good person uh, that you would say might use that power well, they're not going to run for office because good people generally have no interest in, you know, running the affairs of other people's lives. That's just, that's kind of something that, you know, only (laughs) evil people and psychopaths want to do. So I have no faith in it. I have, you know, maybe a probability estimation that it's more likely this person might do some of the things they said than the other person, but you know, that's neither, you know, here nor there. Uh, the second thing being, um, you know, Craig, you said, you know, it's kind of a waste of time. There are so many better things I could be doing. Um, and, and I see where you're coming from. I guess to me, it's just, there really isn't a high time cost involved here. I mean, you know, I might be talking about 10 minutes out of my day, one day out of, you know, every the cost of it is is you are legitimizing the state but see i don't agree with that view. How, how do you not agree with that when when you are going to the voting booth to vote for a person that you just admitted has no mm-hmm. good intentions anybody running for office does not have is not a good person you agree with that you just said that so now you're going to go vote for that person that you said has no good intentions and that person is running to continue the state. As anarchists, we aren't supposed to be participating in that. I mean, if we're going to be get right down to the brass tacks of it, we're anarchists. We want the, the state to go away. And by mm-hmm. voting, you're keeping the state around. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So stop voting for them, and eventually they go away. It's the same way if you turn off the news they look we have a lot of state we have a lot of states in history and today that don't use voting or the elections they do have are complete fraud so i mean this is a line of argument that i hear from you and a lot of different anarchists christian and otherwise and like i hear what you're saying and it sounds good on the surface but i 
I just don't see it. To me, it's like we could have 10% voter participation that wouldn't make a difference in the level of, of statism in our lives. I mean, to me, I think a lot of politicians would like it if less people were involved because it'd be easier to manipulate the small minority to, you know, pull the wool over their eyes and do whatever the heck they want to do. Most people that don't vote, I don't think they're doing it from an anarchist perspective. They're doing it from a apathetic, I don't care perspective, which, you know, we could maybe. say maybe that's good, but maybe. I, I don't, I don't, but I don't think that it's resulting in, in less statism. And as far as legitimizing the state, I mean, does like, let me ask you this, does paying taxes legitimize the state? Uh, I don't call it paying. I call it stealing. So if I'm uh, if, if they're stealing money from me and I refuse to pay it, what are they going to do? They're going to come to my door with a gun in mm -hmm. hand and put me in a cage. That's that right there by paying taxes is self-defense. Now going and voting, oh. if you, do you think libertarians are going to stop taxing people? Honestly, how are they going to survive without stealing our money? I, I think there's two, I think there's two possibilities, two, two like uh, groups of possibilities. The first group of possibilities for me voting is that everything that was going to happen if I didn't vote or if I voted for a duopoly party candidate is going to happen anyway. The only other types of possibilities that are uh, available if I vote libertarian or in protest, uh, they might be a, it might be a small chance of it happening, but you there's know, no chance, if Joe, let's say, let's say there's, there's, well, I, there's I no agree. Chance. The, chance, the chance is like infinitesimally small. Like I agree with that. Like, like I would put a million dollars if I had it on Joe Jorgensen not winning the election this year. I would, well, nobody would place that, that on most. <laughs> that would be a ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, like like the the only chance that libertarians have of winning any elections are like the these jury. tiny non consequential like positions in very local offices. I mean, I I, I forget if Justin Amash now is technically calling himself part of the the LP or not. So he might be like the first libertarian congressman or something i don't know but i mean it's you know it, to me it's it's not that i'm i i don't view voting as like what i'm doing as i'm going to actually use the system to accomplish good then what are you doing but i do recognize well, I mean, that no, but, but what are you doing then if you're not going to use the system putting, for it, good what are you doing then what's the point that you said you you, well, you act you put, like there's there's no other options there's a ton of other options I'm not saying if, if, if my position was the best way to achieve liberty in our lifetimes or at all is to go out there and vote for liberty, then that would be a dumb then what do you, what do you, what, what is, is, then why are you doing it? To me, to me, well, to me, it's just between the choices of not voting or voting either for libertarian candidates or protest voting, I find more appeal in those two options and not voting at all because the state doesn't view non-participation in the election as active like protesting against the election they don't view people not voting as no but they're counting your vote of their they're authority your tally man your, your vote is part of yeah, their but tally if it, but if but if but but no one in washington is looking at the people voting for like vermin supreme and going well there's a bunch of you know state loving folks right there you know no one's looking at people voting for joe jorgensen who's running on a platform of end the fed end the wars decriminalize all drugs and the income tax and social security. Well, and even all of that programs. is garbage. Keep on the even police. all that's garbage because if you look at how the system is supposed to work, they can get up and say a lot of things, but they can't pass any laws without 
Congress, right? Oh yeah, I, I know. And so and, they but, can but say all these is, things, but they can't whether, get up there and pass. I laws. agree, but whether whether Joe Jorgensen could get any of that done if she, by some like, I mean, it would take like multiple miracles for her to win. Like, it wouldn't just be a miracle. It would be like. It would be like Moses parting the Red it's Sea type of miracle. It's make believe, dude. It's make believe. Yeah, but if but my point is is that no one in Washington is looking at people voting for Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen and going, well, there's a bunch of you know people who are you know just you know approving of of this whole system and approving of statism so, and legitimizing our authority. They, I, I just don't buy that. I mean, certain libertarian candidates in the past, like Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, you know, I didn't vote for them because I was like, well, these guys are just, you know, they're, they're like, they're basically Democrats in disguise. They weren't actually, well, well, I mean, Johnson was a little, you know, he was closer to libertarian, but Weld was really just a confused Democrat. Um, he's just but, confused. You know, yeah, just confused. But, um, you know, I wouldn't like I'm not a libertarian, no matter what type of person. To me, it just depends on the candidate. And to me, Joe Jorgensen is and uh, Spike Cohen is a blatant, like in your face. No, he's not. And I, 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 I completely reject that. Because, and I've heard this argument from you. I've heard it from other uh, other libertarians as well. If, if he was an anarchist, he would not be running for vice president of the state. Okay, well, Come on, man. that's what we're debating right now. So, I mean, that's that aside. And if you want to say that they're doing it to get their message out, Ron Paul, look at his message. Ron Paul mm-hmm. had the best message of all of them, and guess what got him? It, he proved once and for all that you cannot change the state within the state. But how many anarchists are anarchists today? I don't know. Because they first were were drawn in by Ron you know Paul. I, like to me, that's my whole when point. I, when I first it, saw Ron, heard Ron Paul, I couldn't latch on to it. I didn't, I didn't get there as fast as y'all did with Ron Paul. I, mm-hmm. so I was still well, holding I, I on to the Republican Party. Now looking I, back- I wasn't drawn in by Ron his, Paul his, either. His words are great. I mean, I love everything he said, but he, he proved that it cannot be done within the state. You cannot change the mafia inside of the mafia within. You, you have to do it by not legitimizing the mafia stop giving them power. And when you're going to vote, you're giving them power. You're, you are propping them up. And trust me, just because you might vote for Joe Jurgensen, I don't even know if I'm saying her name right, but they are counting your tally, dude. And as long as your tally is part of their system, it's there. You're less than 50% of American uh, eligible American voters voted in 2016, right? Let's drive those numbers down. Let's drive them down, dude. But, 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 okay, so why do you let me think read a quote then before, that before, less votes would... Let me read, it, let, let Sorry, me read a ahead. quote to you. And I, his name is Henry David Thoreau. And I'm sure some of y'all are familiar with him. I, I just came across him the other day. And, it, and he has an essay called Civil Disobedience. And in his quote, he says, when the subject has refused allegiance and the officer has resigned his office, then the revolution is accomplished. We can be, we can be civil. We can we can end the state civilly without without guns, without violence, by not voting for them. Once once they start realizing that we're not we're not going to pay play their games anymore, they lose their power, dude. Once once they don't have anybody voting for them, <laughs> they're done. The state is. It depends on why they're not voting. Huh? I mean, well, I don't care. I don't, I don't care why they're not, why voting. they're not voting. I, 
Oh, no, but I mean, if we have, I think it matters. If we had a population that was like 90% anarchists and they weren't, at that point, it'd be like, they could all, we could all say, hey, let's just stop paying taxes and stop recognizing their authority. And that would end the state. And I'd be right there with you, but we're nowhere close so, to that so yet. We're, we're talking about a small, we are a small minority within a minority. And but we can uh, we can become we had, a majority, we had, dude. We're already a majority. If you've got less than fifty percent of eligible voters participating, but, not, but see, now listen now. Why aren't we focus, focusing on those folks? Why aren't we talking to those people that are apathetic about voting? Why? What are the reasons? Why are we talking to people that are dug in and gonna gonna vote no matter what? Why are we? They're dug in. Forget them. Let's talk to the, the to the people. And I know you, you've had these conversations with other people, as I have. They're asking you questions about being an anarchist. Why are you an anarchist? But when you're going and saying, well, I'm an anarchist, but I maybe I'll have a protest vote or a defensive vote, that's, that's inconsistent. It's completely inconsistent. And, now, and people are not going to latch on to inconsistency at all. I wouldn't. I, and I'm, I'm knowing you like I do, I don't think you would either. Okay, let me let me uh, jump in. Uh, here. Sorry. Go ahead, Chris. So, on the point of voting legitimizes the state, I'm about halfway there with you, okay? Because it is true that participating in the election does give legitimacy to the state, okay? And I think you're correct that if 90%, if, if, if on election day, the powers that be looked up and said, well, nobody showed up, you know, now I, I don't believe for a second that if nobody showed up, they're just going to say, oh, okay, well, we're all going to go home now. Right. Because yeah, exactly. one of the things I love about like Larkin Rose's book, the most dangerous superstition is the only reason they have authority is because we allow them to, you know, so, you know, I'm in West Virginia and we have, we have this, this amoeba um, that believes, he believes more, more strongly than anybody else in his authority. He believes that when he issues a decree, everybody's going to follow it. And he keeps telling everybody how much he loves them. I mean, it's a true sign. I have never seen a politician ever. Um, in my lifetime that is as much of a sociopath than Jim justice, but he's over and up, but I love you. I'm only doing this because I love <laughs> you. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know the guy, but he sounds like the governor of Arkansas. I mean, he, he, his face every day, he's posting these COVID updates, the amount of people that have tested positive for COVID. But today he posted a scripture, a verse from the Bible. <laughs> Oh, and I, dude, and like I told you before we started recording, I'm very salty right now about this whole COVID debate after my brother passing away. Okay, so mm -hmm. I jumped all over it. I said, like, do not get on here and post a scripture when your actions in Arkansas led to my brother's death. Right. You don't love me. Don't, don't, you don't, didn't love my brother. It's, it's, I'm trying not to cuss. <laughs> Okay, well, so here's, here's the point I want to make. There's a lot of discussion about demonstration and protest, okay? 
Um, there are people that are protesting the lockdowns. They're protesting violence against black people. Uh, th there's lots of different people that will hold up a sign and say, I am protesting and here's why. Okay. My life is a protest. My kids don't go to government schools. <clears throat> um, none of our trucks are emissions compliant. Um, I don't wear masks. I don't social distance. I haven't changed my life in any measurable way since Operation Enduring Cluster started, you know. Um, I think there, while I agree that voting legitimizes the state, there's also, I think, things that are more meaningful and more powerful that we do that legitimize the state. And I think, I think back to the civil rights movement in the 60s when it was one thing when blacks were marching in Selma and Birmingham, but it was another level when people around the country because of, of media were able to see people getting beaten and, and sprayed with water hoses. And they're like, okay, I'm not, no, this has to stop. The voting one way or the other did not end um, slavery and racism and Jim Crow, you know, so the fact that there were agents of the state that were torturing and abusing people and people were able to see it and they were no longer willing to say, all right, I'm going to excuse that. Okay. Now we're looking at it in a different way because we're seeing the George Floyd's and the Breonna Taylor's and the Jacob Blake. We're seeing, no matter what you think about it, that cop really shot that guy. They really killed Breonna Taylor. They had the neck, the foot on George Floyd. That really happened, and you saw it. This lady that got, this pregnant woman that got handcuffed in uh, Australia a couple days ago. You know, the, the woman in Australia that was literally being choked by a cop for not wearing a mask. That's the stuff that's going to delegitimize the state a whole lot faster than whether or not we vote. I'm with you, Craig, that I can I cannot vote and be and sleep like a baby. Yeah. Can I can I can I say something mm -hmm. quick? I really take issue with this X legitimizes the state, this le legitimizes the state conversation, not because to me nothing legitimizes the state. It's illegitimate through and through. I agree. Like even if someone you know, sh people show up to an election and vote to do X. It doesn't mean it's morally legitimate to do X. But it's there's not. a lot of people that believe and, that. Well, true. And so this th that's a good segue to what I wanted to get to next, which is that my what I say to people is kind of custom tailored to who I'm talking to. You know, like I'm not staying up at night, you know, losing sleep because uh, Chris Polk and Craig Hargis aren't voting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I would never try to convince you two to vote because, you know, I do agree that long term, if we could get to a place where we had a large percentage of the population that were anti-state, were anarchists and not voting, the not voting wouldn't end the state. 
But once you hit that supermajority, ending the state becomes, you know, almost just a, a tiny inconvenience, I think. Um, but we're not close to that. And right now, the majority of people, even those who aren't voting, they recognize the state's authority. And I, in my experience at least, have not found it particularly helpful to go up to people who are voting for Trump, voting for Biden, or not voting, but that are just normal people, normal American citizens going throughout their lives, and to start out a conversation with the state is violence, uh, voting is, is evil, no king but Christ. You know what I mean? Like the, going at someone with kind of a conclusion that took me years and like my own p- p- specific spiritual and political journey to reach, it just doesn't really usually fall on receptive no, I ears. I get that. I agree. No, I, 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 I understand yeah. that. And, and, and it's like most and are at one point libertarian and at one point before that they were statists. And so when I'm out libertarians there- Libertarians are statists. If you if you want to get down I mean, to the price, I mean they're status. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, like we can now get, we can talk about libertarians. I could, philosophy, but libertarians they're status. I mean, there's well, no way around well, I, it. Do you mean capital capital L or lowercase L libertarians? Like I don't ever like L I, don't, I don't even like using libertarian because it the the um, ideal behind it means that I'm supporting a party. What what's that's why difference? I use anarchists now. What's, What's the that? difference between a libertarian and an anarchist? Six months. About six, six months. months. It took me a lot longer than six months. I ain't going to lie. Okay. but Actually, it took me about two I, months. I, Jay, but. I agree with you that if you just walk up to a random person and, you know, voting is violence, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, 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 there's, a, there's a shock value there, right? But when I'm, right. like right now in the, you know, with the, the current situation, when I go in somewhere without a mask, that is making a statement to people, you know, and I, I run into other people without masks. And of course you, you know, you get the nod and the smile and, um, or the wink or whatever it is. Um, I haven't really, I mean, I've been in 12 States since all this began. Man, you need to come to Memphis and not wear a mask. <laughs> They're not going to smile or wink at you. Trust me. They're going to uh, shoot daggers. Well, no, I'm talking about the others not wearing a mask. Oh, you know, gotcha. The, the other people that aren't wearing masks. Um, but I've, you know, I've been in 12 states since this began, and um, I, I have had a couple of encounters. Well, do you have a mask? No, I don't need one. You know, um, I haven't, but I haven't, you know, I haven't encountered any Beckys or Karens or you know anything like that. Well, I have, but. My pastor's wife's name is Karen, man. It's a rough my, time to have that my, name. Listen, my wife's name is Karen. And oh boy. I have listen, I have an eleven year old. Um I have an eleven year old boy. Hey, you're gonna He's, like this, Chris. So when I was talking to Mike Michael Corbell on his podcast, he said he was I think he was talking he was talking about Michael Malice said something. He said Karen's are just a bunch of Yankees. <laughs> and he said that and I just died laughing. He goes, As well, a southern boy, you get that. I was like, Absolutely. My my right, Jacob. <laughs> My 11-year-old shared with me, uh, and I'm so glad that he had some kind of filter because he's like, uh, his, you know, his mom got on to him for something, and he made a Karen joke. 
And fortunately, he stopped right there because he's like, well, I was going to ask her if she wanted to see my manager. And I was like, she would have killed you. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure, me. and we've talked about this in the past, I'm pretty sure your son has got that honestly, by the way. I don't oh, think yeah. he just developed it on his own. No, Apple didn't fall far you're, from the tree. You're probably a bad influence. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, okay. I don't have... Okay, let me try this. I believe I'm 43 years old, 44. I'm 44 years old, and I believe that I will see the end of the state in my lifetime. I believe I will see the end of the nation state. Will the city council probably be around? Might the state government possibly still be around? Yeah, but I believe that I'll see the end of the nation state in my so life. So you're talking about just like, are you talking about just like the end of the American federal government. Yeah, and all of them. Like, you like talking the end of the Soviet Union. You know, it just it just disappeared, right? Because, like, I heard you say that before, and I wasn't sure if you meant, like, you're going to see an end of statism or if you just meant, like, the state I live in, I believe it's going I, to fall. I believe, are... it's my belief that t there are technologies in existence right now that will give us control of our means of exchange. Uh, and if, not when, not if, when... Uh, humans, individual humans uh, across all geographical boundaries and borders uh, begin to trade with currencies that are encrypted, anonymous, and decentralized, the state as we know it is over, you know? So I'm not going to, uh, I, I don't feel like I need to actively end the state. Like, I don't have to. No, they're doing a fantastic job of doing it themselves. Right. So I don't I have get to. That. I don't have to expend energy. And that's where I'm with Craig a little bit on, um, you know, well, I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to waste my time and go vote. Now, I did vote in the primary here in West Virginia because it was an opportunity to spit in the Statist. governor's eye. You know, I, <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> I did. Now. I'm I'm still considering live tweeting right now. Chris Polk is not an anarch. No. <laughs> not a real anarchist. Just admitted dude. it. Yeah. Um. Well, but again, see, for me, anarchy is not believing in the ruler. All right. So Jim mm -hmm. Justice, for example, is not my ruler. He's not my daddy. I mean, he can write words on paper all he wants to. Um. Okay. So think right. about this. We have. Have you either of you ever had to deal with copyright or trademark? Mm -mm. Okay. Bit. Um, I remember this years ago. There was some issue with Glenn Beck. I remember him explaining this. Um, and then and I've and I've encountered it a few more times. Part of the reason that copyright and trademark is so heated is because if you own a trademark or a copyright and someone infringes on it, and you don't do anything about it, you have forfeited, if you try to go to court, like if you let it go, and let it go, and let it go, and let it go, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I've had enough, I'm going to step in. They're going to say, but well, you let it go here, and you let it go here, and you let it go here. So you eventually will lose your right to defend that copyright or trademark. That's why people are so rabid and hell-bent about copyright and, and, and trademark. And I said to my wife yesterday, why don't we do that with the Constitution? 
like, like you, you get the principle. The principle is, well, if, if you go, if you demonstrate that someone has not um, defended or abided by a, a, a contract, well, it's null and void. And at this point, and that's why, you know, I am a little, um, I guess I'm a little loose on this. Um, let me ask you I, something. I have, wait a minute. Let me finish this. Right. I have told people since this started, okay, and I, and I can use West Virginia because it actually has a constitution. Um, all the states do. And, and as, uh, gosh, who was that that pointed out that I think it was Thaddeus Russell pointed out that every rep Republican history, you know, had a constitution, you know, all, all the, all the terrible ones. Um, but there were people when they were scared and the government, the executive branch of the government would issue some sort of decree. And because they were scared, they're like, okay, go, all right. Okay, good. He, he, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Either a, we have a constitutional Republic with separation of powers and equal, equal, but separate branches, or we don't. Right. You guys have gone, and, and so that's why if someone says, well, why aren't you obeying the law? I'm, I, my answer is going to be because they don't. Right? So it's one thing, and, and I, don't, I don't give the constitutionalists a pass because in my view, they're just as collective as the socialists, the communists, the fascists, because they have that same belief. Well, if we, we've got to get control. If we get control, everything will be sunshine and rainbows and puppies and kittens and dogs and cats living together, and it'll never rain. And, uh, and I'm thinking, listen, your constitution, that was a, that was a pretty good idea in its, in its day and in its time. And, of course, they violated it before the ink was dry. But I can, I can agree with you that the Constitution says all kinds of stuff. The problem is the people that were charged with obeying it have not done so. So if you think that I am going to follow the letter of the law, you've lost your mind because they have lost the ability to enforce that on me. Here's why I'm coming back to legitimacy. Without cops and enforcement agents, politicians are stupid people with bad ideas. Absolutely. Okay. Because, okay, let's, you know, if Jim Justice or Mike DeWine or, you know, whoever these governors, governor of Arkansas, governor of Pennsylvania, well, without people to come to my house or come to my business and, and say, oh, what you, you, you did wrong, and we're now going to take your money or lock you in a cage, Tom Wolf is powerless. So I would rather spend the energy trying to make friends with a police officer and try to win him over to anarchism, which you would think you could say, hey, buddy, you swore an oath to the Constitution, not Governor Wolf, not Governor Justice, not Governor DeWine. You swore an oath to the Constitution. How about you honor? How about you be my last line of defense between me and tyranny? But that's not what they're doing, you know. Well, none of them even read the Constitution, For first of all. Right. But I want to ask both of y'all something before I lose my train of thought, which I tend to do. When you say you went and voted in the primary – Jacob, you're, I'm assuming you're planning on voting in this next election. 
when you go and vote for a person, I don't care if it's against the person you're against. Are you not giving that person the right to rule in your name over you? I would say in when I'm voting for Joe Jorgensen, I'm not voting for her as a ruler. I'm voting for her in two ways. One, I'm voting for her in the miracle sense that she would win, knowing that maybe she would fail, maybe she'd get corrupted by power or whatever, but I'm voting for her knowing that there's at least more of a chance that if she won, there would be you know, some sabotage, some sort of decrease of statism. Where's the evidence, or, though, dude? Or, 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 or it could not be any worse. It would be just the same that we would have had if a Republican or Democrat won. Then why are you, why are you participating? Uh, but, now, no, I want you to answer my question, though. Are you not giving her the right to rule over you? I mean, that's what they do. I don't, it, let's say she won. Is she not going to be ruling no, I'm not. You cannot give anyone the right to rule over you because no one has the right to rule but you, over you. But this you is know, what I was but you're giving before. her permission by no, voting for her. I'm giving her permission to do what she's saying to do in her platform, which is to go in and end the Fed and, you know, all these things that she's talking about doing. You know, I fundamentally think that at her core, she's either a minor. I can't tell if she's a minarchist or an anarchist. She's but not an anarchist. She's putting these. I she's putting these ideas in the mainstream, and me supporting her either financially by donating to her campaign or voting for her. And if she gets a lot of support, maybe she runs again in twenty twenty four. Like Ron Paul, you know, helps. like Ron Paul. What has changed? Yeah. What has changed? It's only gotten worse. There's a lot. No, well, has the state gotten worse? Yes, but how many more libertarians and anarchists exist today because of Ron Paul that probably wouldn't have existed otherwise? I mean, Ron Paul caused a huge. I got to anarchy without even following our, Ron Paul, so I can't. I don't know. I don't know if we if we can even answer that question honestly, because I. I'm not saying it was everyone, but there is a. No, I mean, sure. I don't think that you can deny there's a large number of people that came to anarchy through that route i mean all the anarchists i know personally in my life like because you know i'm actually in a local anarchist community i have about a dozen or so friends within a 20 mile radius and we meet up like once a month and we're all in all, all, all 20 and of y'all going to vote not all of them no i want to be there some friends. of them are <laughs> <laughs> those are the anarchists i want to talk to because they're, okay. they're, those are the ones that are not not participating in, but, in, in the but, state but, and I'm know, not saying again, I don't. I don't mean matter. that rude. I, 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 I'm your friend, obviously. But you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, I don't. I, gonna, I don't take I'm, gonna, I'm going to agree with them a lot more than I'm going to with you, because I don't think I, I don't think you can call yourself an anarchist and participate in voting. I think it's completely inconsistent and completely hypocritical. Okay. What, what if I wasn't voting for a person? What if I just what, what if I literally showed up? To the, and went to the voting booth and voted for no, no, none of the other candidates. And under president, I just typed in no king but Christ as a write-in vote. You're not doing like, that, your, though. Like, like, you already admitted no, you're going to go I vote have. for Jurgensen, though. Well, let's say, let's you're, say you're that you're asking I'm going to for a king other than Christ. Now, if we want to get on the okay, Christian well, side of it, if you look at the early church, and me and you've had this back and forth about this, they had no interest. Go read Tertullian. He told the Romans, we're not interested in your meetings. It's completely foreign to us. As Christians, mm -hmm. the state, the involvement of the state is completely foreign to, it was completely foreign to them. They had no interest in it. And if you read scripture, 
They, they, it's like it didn't even exist to them. They were just following Christ. And even, even prior to Constantine, those early church, the early church, they were just following Christ. That was it. They had no interest in the state. Now, if they were involved in like military service, they weren't carrying weapons. They were just serving the soldiers. They were help. They were like feeding them or giving them water, but they weren't carrying a weapon. They had that, that, that's how, that's how non-status they were. They did not want anything to do with it. They didn't really have elections though back then, did they? I mean, I'm not. Well, I don't know. Let me read. Let me, scholar, let me but... read something that Tertullian said. <clears throat> he said, "But as those in whom all adore in the pursuit of glory and honor is dead, we have no pressing inducement to take part in your public meetings, nor is there aught more entirely foreign to us than the than affairs of state." He said it, and then this guy, this guy, if you if, if you want to learn. Tertullian was no nonsense of when it came to the state. He left the church because of what happened, how they started becoming more status, how they became more entangled with the state. He was done with it. They, it, is, it was completely foreign to them. They, they were no king but Christ. That's what we need to get back to as Christians. Okay. We, could argue, we, could, we could argue anarchism all day long, but as Christians, it makes absolutely no sense to involve ourselves with the affairs of the state. It should be foreign to us. We should be preaching the gospel. We should be just following Jesus Christ and his example. Jesus Christ didn't run to a voting booth. He said, go make disciples. Okay. Jesus, correct. Jesus did not engage the services of the Roman state. I'm 100% with you there, okay? But about 7 o'clock this evening, I'm going to make a sports analogy. About 7 o'clock this evening, I'm going to sit down at my television. I'm going to watch a NASCAR race, okay? Here's part of my issue with the discussion that comes up. If I'm watching this race tonight, and I see someone, or it could be a football game, and I see one of the participants um, do something based on strategy, and I, and I go, oh, that's interesting. That guy's making a pit stop, or... You know, that, that football team's lining up in a certain defensive position. And I point that out. The people that are entangled with the state, you know, would be like, oh, so you're a fan of that guy? And I'm like, that's not what I said. I just, I'm saying that I, I observed what was going on right there, okay? And I've seen it in, you know, football, racing, American Idol, you know, text your vote to – have somebody do X, it gives me an opportunity to participate, to be a part of the discussion. I don't have an issue with that. What I come back to over and over again is the hope that you're placing in that vote. I don't hear Jacob saying, well, I'm going to, um, I'm going to go vote because if I don't, something good or bad is going to happen in my life. I don't hear that from him. Right. Oh, I could I could sleep in that morning and miss and miss the opportunity to vote, and it wouldn't affect my day right. at all. Okay. I mean, it's not. I'm not sitting there. I don't even know what day the election day is off the top of my head. If you ask me, or where I'm supposed to vote, like it's 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 not something that's pressing right. on my mind. Now, I, you know, given I, if if I could be somehow involved in the I don't know the process is the right way to say it, but like for example, in this primary election that I went to. 
I hadn't been to a voting booth in probably 20 years, right? Well, one of the mm-hmm. things on there was decriminalization of marijuana. You know, mm-hmm. we got cultivation and we got, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, hell yeah. You know, and I marked that. I, that was one vote that I absolutely had no issue with because – it, it was the it was an opportunity for me to say no we're no more dec- no more criminalization of cannabis and marijuana and it's crazy this is gonna make your mind bleed it's one thing that california kind of does right they'll put a lot of this stuff on a ballot in a referendum and give off people opportunities where other states for whatever reason will rarely ever do that and give people an opportunity to kind of raise their hand and at least say Yes. Well, they, yeah, they rejected the uh, the minimum wage increase. What was it like three or four yeah. years ago? Well, you could go back to the yeah. to that to, to the marijuana thing. Arkansas did the same thing, but the state found loopholes in in, mm-hmm. in in this thing that people voted for. They actually there was two there was two issues on on the marijuana de- on the debate on the ballot, and they they struck down one of them and made it then took it off the ballot. It was still on the ballot, but you could vote for it, but it wasn't going to matter. So you could say that I'm going to vote against uh, criminalizing marijuana, but the state's always going to find a loophole. Now, if you're if you're if you are doing that, you're still asking them permission. In my opinion, you're still asking them permission to give you the opportunity to use marijuana however you want to, or cocaine. I don't care what it is. I won't. I won't. Let me, let me ask you what, what? How do you think the people who voted to legalize marijuana and then watch the actions of the state where they found loopholes and found ways to ignore the will of the people. I mean, what do you think, what effect do you think that had on those people? It probably helped to, if they aren't anarchists yet, they're going through a process that's slowly removing the wool from their eyes as they realize, Hey, even when we try to engage in the system to make it better, it can't be made better. It's fundamentally evil. It's fundamentally, you know, coercive you can't use it for good the problem is people often you can say that to them you know till the cows come home but they aren't going to like learn it until they experience it nine out of ten times that's what i found you can tell someone and explain to them and and show them all the the literature and 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 from christian philosophers and anarchist philosophers about the nature of the state but i feel like most people they have to go through this journey and kind of like see it for their own eyes. And they have to get to the point where, where it's like in the matrix and uh, Morpheus offers Neo the, the red pill and he takes it. It's like, but people don't get there until like they have to kind of start to see the cracks in the foundation slowly over time. And you can't jump ahead, you know, in the story and give them the end conclusion before they've kind of, you know, seen it from start to finish. So here's an example of something that I've seen over the last few months because I'm loud and in all that people have, I've gotten all kinds of me and Craig aren't right. loud. We're very quiet. <laughs> I've, gotten, I've gotten all these like private messages over time. You know, what do you think is going on here? You know, and I have watched people jump on the, the Joe Jorgensen bandwagon, right? I've, I've watched my friends, people that I know personally, they're they're looking at Trump and they're looking at Biden and going, "This is this is literally the best y'all can do," and they're going, they're finally at least to the point where they go, "Okay, y'all, I'm out. 
I, I can't. I can't. In any right. good conscience, I cannot go in there and vote for Trump and or in, vote for Biden. And so, so they'll vote. They'll vote for Joe this year. And in eight years, they'll go. Hey, you know what? The people who were actually qualified to do this, who seem like they'd be good people, they have no chance in winning. The system is rigged. Right. Screw it. I'm an anarchist. Right. Exactly. Like that, that is the progression most people take. Now, Craig, here's, here's the thing. We had, before we started the stream, we talked about the word fundamentalism, right? And there's all this stuff about universalists and all these different labels, okay? But there are a lot of people that will... They love to use guilt and shame to say, well, if you do this and if you do that and, and it's their guilt and their shame, right? And they're putting it on me uh, and trying to take my salvation away from me and to take uh, what Jesus did away from me if I behave in a certain way, if I'm gay, if, I'm, if I drink alcohol, if I you know, have sex out of me, whatever, whatever their list of taboo things are, or if I don't go to the right church and I don't go three times a week and they have all this list of stuff. I don't read King James version right. Bible. They have all of these reasons. <laughs> that's to how they talked back then. Right. Art. <laughs> but they, they, they want to disqualify me. Okay. And because I now understand number one, what my value is and what makes me valuable. And I understand who I am in Christ and I understand what my identity is. I mean, you can try like hell, but you can't disqualify me. You can't do it. Okay. So I guess the only caution I have about the passion with which you, uh, you chase this thing about voting is if I do, or if I don't, whatever, because I'm not going to be disqualified, period. And that's a decision I've told, that I I've told Jacob this more than once. I don't care if he goes and votes. Have a ball. Do it, do it every day. I don't care what you're voting for. Do it. Just have, have as much fun as you want with it. My problem is, is it, it waters down our message. When you've got people waking up to what's going on and we're trying to show them a better path, we're trying to show them a way the, the what actual anarchism is. What Jacob did, what Jacob did, to me is it's doing watering, is down, the watering down the message. And, and I have a huge problem with inconsistency because if but we're see, not consistent, see, I, we have to be consistent with our message because statists are not consistent. Trump supporters, Biden supporters, I don't care who they're supporting. They're not consistent. If they were actually honest with themselves, they wouldn't vote for anybody either. But they're not. Mm -hmm. they're, they're inconsistent. Anarchists have to be consistent with our message. Otherwise, people are going to be like, this is bullshit. What y'all are saying is bullshit because you're going to run around and call yourself an anarchist, but then you're going to go out and vote for a libertarian candidate because they have good I, ideas. I don't, I, don't think it's, I, I don't think it's being inconsistent. I think it is. It's absolutely giving, inconsistent. It, 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 I think it is giving milk before you give bread and bread before you give meat. It is, it is crawling before you walk and walking before you run. That doesn't mean you have I mean, to that, go That vote, is the way though. I view it. You know what? Well, I mean, that doesn't mean you have to when go vote. When, but when you're, talking, when you're talking to people and you're wanting to be consistent, I talk think it's them. about Talk to them. Tell them the, talk about the libertarian philosophy. It's a great philosophy. Don't, don't right, follow but if that I talk up to someone, going and voting. <laughs> it's inconsistent. If, if I talk to someone... If I talk to someone who is like voting for Trump, but on the fence and it's like, well, 
if I come at them with no king but Christ, anarchy, the state is violent. All I'm that not stuff saying is true. do that. I'm, I know I, and, I understand okay. we shouldn't be that. If, we should not be that rigid. So, so my what, point is from a strategic, my strategy is to meet them where they're at and say, well, how about instead of voting for Trump and voting for the duopoly, which is never going to get better, consider looking at Joe Jorgensen. I am with you, dude. And I tell, I tell I people her, that all I, the time. If you, if you, have, if, okay. you feel ne- if you feel it necessary to vote, pick a third-party candidate at least. I'm with, I'm with, I'm with I'm you saying. on that. But I'm saying you as an anarchist should be consistent in what you're preaching and not going and following through with vote. Tell them to go vote if they feel the need to vote. Do it, man. Just pick somebody other than these two guys. I tell people that all the time. My mom is this close to being an anarchist. I mean, I'm, I'm, she's mm-hmm. right there, dude. She's right there. But the last election, she voted libertarian. That was the first time she stepped out of that box to vote libertarian. Right. I was proud of her. And, I, and I've told her, I even told her about Jergeson. I said, if, you, if you're going to vote, check this, check this lady out. If you still feel the need to vote, do it. But I'm talking about you and me as anarchists. We have to be consistent with our message, and we're not going to participate in that as anarchists. You see what I'm saying? This is, this, is where my, this is where my frustration comes with anarchists that are pushing the, the voting. I, I, like, I, I don't care if, if a person votes. But as an anarchist, we have to stay consistent with what we're trying to tell people. Otherwise, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come across as bullshit to them. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I, 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 that, that makes more sense. And so now I think we're a little bit closer. So your problem is not so much telling people who are already voting and you're not going to convince them all at once to not no. vote, telling those people to go vote third party or protest or whatever. So, but, but your, your, your main issue is just that if someone like me calls himself an anarchist yes. and then I go and vote and tell people about it, it comes across as an Exactly. That's what I've been trying to pr- right. get across to you this every time we've talked about this and maybe I've come across as an asshole by doing it and I don't, I don't mean to, but, that's what I've been trying to get across to you is as anarchists, we are anarchists. Let's be anarchists. Now, if a person, they're going to get there. Like I said, my mom is this close, dude. She's, she's I, and I've told mm-hmm. her more than once. I said, you're an anarchist. You just don't know it yet. She's almost there. And I, but I, and I tell, I tell people at work all the time that talk, <laughs> the Fox news is playing in the break room all the time. And it drives me crazy. And people are latched onto it. And I'm like, if y'all are going to go vote, Find a third party. I, my, one of my best friends back in Arkansas, when I was in, in town, we were talking about this. And he will not step outside to vote for a third party. He goes, I vote. He said, I can't vote for a third party because it's a waste. And I'm like, dude, you're wasting your vote on Biden or Trump. He goes, I, I vote. He goes to now. Right. He, now, I understand his, it's a wasted vote. I, I, my boss said the same thing. But there's you and I as anarchists. Let's be anarchists. That's all I'm asking. I hear where you're coming from. I guess my my mentality, you know, a lot of people have accused me of being uh, what's sometimes like as a derogative called seeker sensitive. Um, I have the kind of personality that I'm I'm very interested in reaching people, and and not even just primarily with anarchism or libertarianism, like. First and foremost, I like to get to know people and to introduce Christ to let, you know, the way I 
I lead my family in going to church and worship and prayer and that I, I try to earnestly, you know, follow the teachings of Christ. I, I try to make that the focus of any every interaction, especially prolonged interactions I have with people, friends, acquaintances, family members, whatnot. Um, when it comes to then, you know, politics and stuff, uh, you know, I'm trying to do that as well. I'm trying hey man, to if you want to, to drive your people, friends to the I'm voting booth, drive them. Do it. Get a right. bus. Take them all uh, up there. Just yourself and, don't and, participate. That's all I'm asking as an anarchist. Well, it's like it's like I participate not from a sense of like I'm trying to legitimize these things, but more so that I understand that people how people work and think, and someone on the edge who is like I'm trying to push them further along the journey, and to tell them don't vote for a duopoly candidate, vote third party. They are going to feel more compelled to do so if it's from a person who's part of a group of people who are all doing that versus. Someone who is just, well, I'm not going to do this myself and you shouldn't do that or this, but if you're going to do one of these two things, do this one. And I find that presenting that is less persuasive. If you vote, it's going to get other people to vote the way you want them to vote? Not really me by myself, but me as part of the groups I'm a part of. Like I'm a part of, I'm sure you're familiar, I know you are, the the Libertarian Mises Mm -hmm. Caucus. And, you know, so it's like me by myself, I, I don't have that much of an influence. Me as a, as a part of a group of people and the Mises Caucus, if you know the people who founded that, they're all, you know, let's not get too caught up in the term. They are self-described anarchists. They agree with all of the criticisms that you and I have of the state being illegitimate. The only reason why you might not call them anarchists is because you, you see an inconsistency in their, in their voting. But, but they're all you know, self-described ANCAPs, uh, Michael Heiss, Luke, uh, Luke Enser, and, uh, you know, Dave Smith is a huge part of that group now. Tom Woods is a huge part of that group now. Uh, Tom Woods actually just recently joined the board. Um, you know, so, you know, a lot of, you know, not everyone in that caucus is an anarchist. There are some, like, statist, you know, minarchists in there. But for the most part, their platform is decentralized nullification and, and eventually secession at the local level and state level from the federal government as kind of a, you know, a, you know that's kind of their vision for uh, pushing towards, you know, the eradication of the federal government and getting people used to self-governing rather than electing rulers and stuff. Um, and, and what helps is having a group of people, you know, and you can say, listen, we are all saying the state is illegitimate. The duopoly is a joke. And, you know, if you're going to vote, here's where you should go. Here's the group I'm a part of. And you bring them into that group rather than me as an individual saying, well, I don't participate in all of it. You shouldn't participate in all of it. But hey, well, if I you're think going we all to, participate we'll only- in it in, to some degree because we, we, even as anarchists, we, 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 we follow politics, right? So we participate in it into a degree, but we're not actually like participating in it. You know what I mean? So if, if these folks that you're talking about in that group are trying to bring people in as a group to, under, to get them to understand that the state is illegitimate, that's great but are they being consistent in their messaging as anarchists? If they're, if they're running to the voting booth, uh, this is, this is where my hang up with you and other anarchists that are, are going, going and voting. 
this is where my hangup is. Are we being consistent with our message if we're running to the voting booth as anarchists? I would say, and I, I, I might get some flack for this, but I, I want to be honest. I, I don't find them to always be 100% consistent. No one, none of us are always 100% I am 100% of the time. But, <laughs> um, but I do criticize the group a lot from the inside, not from, not from a heart of like, I'm trying to be their enemy, but like as a friend, as, as a, well, I think that's what you and I are doing with this as friends, we're, we're going to criticize each other, but we're trying to come to a, a, an agreement here. Right. Right. And, and, and there are, there are plenty of times where the leadership moved in directions I didn't agree with, where I thought they were becoming way too much like we're, what we're trying to defeat. Like you guys are acting way too much like statists. You're getting so caught up in all these, you know, this political drama and all this team mentality that is like, you know, stuff that as an anarchist I hate. Like I really hate when, when it's like, well, you got to vote for this candidate no matter what because they were supporting them. And it's like, no, I'm not going to vote. You know, it's like, again, because my fundamental, you know, core disposition is not to vote at all is to say voting is illegitimate, the state is illegitimate. The only reason I'm involved in any of this is because I'm trying to do at what I, at this point in time, think is most effective for activism. And I'm open to the idea that there are inconsistencies, that this might not be the best course of action. I still think it is, but you know, what I was trying to get at, at least out of this conversation was, you know, at least that you could see where I'm coming from more that, you know, maybe it's inconsistent and maybe you think it's the wrong way to go about it, but I'm really not going about this with the mentality of trying to legitimize the state. I want to elect. And I apologize. I apologize if I came across that way because I, I think voting legitimizes the state. I'm not saying that you are trying to legitimize the state. I understand your platform. I understand that you are trying to get a message across to people. Do it, man. Get a bullhorn. Tell them all about it. I just don't want you to call yourself an anarchist and then vote. (laughs) This is where, this is where my hangup is. This has always been my, this is our major hangup. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I get where you're coming from. I guess I, you know, I, I see activism both in the church as we're missionaries and advocates for Christ, and also, you know, uh, you know, going out there and trying to uh, rail against the state and to bring people to realize the true nature of the state, there's a division of labor. And, and your division of labor is commonly an economic term, but I think it applies to kind of all areas of life. And to me, it's actually in the Bible when, you know, uh, it's talking about how uh, the hand is different than the foot, but not one is not better than the other. And, you know, we all have different gifts. We all have different strengths. We all have different areas where we, where we feel called. And, you know, I think in both uh, pursuits, in bringing people to Christ and bringing people to reject the state, you know, it's like I wouldn't ask you to change how you do things. I love the Bad Roman Project. You know, I don't have a problem with you going out there and talking about how voting is is evil. I mean, I share posts on my page a lot about how democracy and, and, and voting is evil. And, you know, I probably can do a better job of like, I think I only did it once. I shared one post on my wall 
about Joe Jorgensen, and man, did I get, I got flamed hard. Well, you showed um, it. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the name, so if you hard. look at the name of your page, <laughs> yeah, obey God over the <laughs> state, and then, <laughs> they should. I, I was proud. I actually think I saw that. I was proud. I was like, get him, get him. <laughs> you were sitting there eating yeah. popcorn like yes this is great this is hilarious um, i don't have to say anything yeah. I, i've got something i've got to kind of be honest about Uh-oh. As, confession time as a as a general troublemaker there pete the status entertained me uh, um they, they used to bother me they used to you know really like give me some sort of anxiety but now it's just they entertain me and there's this group of people that I would love to be like, I'll do it. I'll vote for Trump. <laughs> I will watch me. You want to watch me do it? I'll do it. I swear to God, I'll do it. You know, like, you know, just because I find there, it's sad. There really is sad. The, 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 um, just allegiance. I will see people make these, what they think is a reasonable plea to vote against Trump and vote for Biden, you know, and I'm, I'm going, yeah, out of the frying pan into the fire. You think one of these is different than the other one. And it's not, but they're so like Alyssa Milano, people like that. I would love to be able I can't to believe I used to have a crush on her, man. I'm so disappointed hey, in her listen, right now. Dude, we all I was a kid. I had a crush on her and now we I'm like, I can't even stand this woman. Oh Yeah. But I would love to be, hey, Alyssa, watch this. Watch me vote for Trump. I'll do it. I swear to God, I'll do it. Her head will explode. Oh, yeah. And that crochet mask that she wears is going to go into flames. <laughs> but you know what? With those people, you don't even have to say you're going to vote for Trump. All you have to do is make some kind of comment along the lines of, like, I don't like Trump, but I don't think he's literally Satan. <laughs> and that's enough to get right. those people you're a racist. Up. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess to summarize where, where I'm coming from and what I hope to get out of this, it's, you know, I see this division of labor among, again, advocating for Christ and advocating against the state. And I'm definitely targeting, I think, wh where my focus is, where my heart is, is I, I like to target the people that are very early in that journey. Because I feel like the people like you and people like Larkin Rose, people like Did I just get compared uh, to Larkin you know, Rose? Hang on a second. Let me let me <laughs> let me dust myself off a little bit. Wow. I think I could die happy now. Yeah, but um I, I love Larkin Rose. And actually when I first became an anarchist, I was very close to your position. I, and Larkin Rose was kind of that guy that pushed me over the edge and I became very anti political for a while. You would have if you would have been talking to me a year and a half ago you and I would have had virtually no disagreements at all. Let's go strategy. back there. Um, Come on. Let's go back in time. Come on. Let's go back there. <laughs> but um, uh, but I, I have a heart for people that are like in the thick of their statism, that like they I are so it, lost Trust in it. Me. And, and it. And I might not be doing it perfectly. I, I don't think that any of us are always going to be 100% consistent, but I'm learning as I go and I'm just doing what, what I feel called to do to reach those people where they are at. I don't have any desire to vote except as part of that entire strategy of, 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 you know, again, trying to reach those people where they are at 
And, you know, again, that's like, to me, kind of the first step is the, like, like Chris was talking about with a lot of his friends who are like, you know, really Trump Biden, this is the best you got. And then you say, well, what about Joe? Then they start to vote for Joe. And that's great. She won't, won't win. Maybe she'll run again in 2024. She won't win. And people start to realize, hey, anyone who's actually qualified from a moral or, and, and, and of course you and I would say they're not actually qualified, but within the status world of you, anyone who's actually qualified morally and like, you know, has the credentials uh, logistically to do this job well, has no chance of winning. The game is rigged, you know, screw that. I'm an anarchist. You know, that's, that's what happened to me. Um, and, and that's what happens to a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure there are people that go straight from straight status to anarchists just like that, but I have not encountered many of them except for like one friend of mine I know, uh, who is a, a Christian anarchist as well, um, who he was pretty much raised a libertarian. And so he never really was the duopoly type of status. He was a, you know, LP kind of statist. And now he's a full on agorist, which, you know, agorism is something that I find really like a really good idea. That's something I want to learn more about because yeah, it's a, it is a really cool philosophy for, you know, resisting the state, you know, not using voting, not using activism, even like going out and speaking to people for just, but just living your life in the recognition that you are free and that these people have an unrightful claim of authority over your life. But I just, I just think to do that, you have to hit a critical mass of people who all kind of have that same uh, drive and that same core philosophy. I mean, you got, you know, a couple hundred people in a small town uh, who decide that minute, they're all going to live. But, but I think you're, 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 mo- you're moving from agorism being a way of life to it having an effect. I agree with you on it having an effect, but you know, if you look at how I behave, um, it's very agorist, you know, I, well, full, full agorism would be like not even paying taxes, which is like, listen, people like, I know like Larkin doesn't pay taxes and a lot of people don't. And if you don't want to pay your taxes, I, I, I will support you. I will bail you out of jail. Actually, I've seen mean, Larkin like, Rose I'm all for say it. that the paying of taxes is self-defense. I know, but some people as an act of protest, like avoid paying taxes. And it's like, I'm all for that if you can, but I agree with you. It's kind of self-defense, especially like, you know, I have a wife and kids, so I'm kind of motivated to not get locked up in a cage. If I stop you know, paying my single. taxes, I have to yeah. send my cats so you can take care of them while I'm locked in a cage. Just so, just, just <laughs> so we're clear, I need somebody to take care of my cats. That's all I ask. Well, there's so many, you know, there's, but that's one of the, like, um, I had someone um he tried to pigeonhole me um about you know supporting the state um and um it it, it circled around the, the 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 cake baker in Oregon you know mm. and and I said look it, like this person has this business they have every right to refuse you know but there are consequences in a market a market Yep. Whether you like it or not, a market has consequences. Now, as a follower of Christ, I would have I would have made the best cake they've ever seen. Put a note that says Jesus loved you. Have a happy marriage, and <laughs> you know, um, you know, because because my salvation, I don't get brownie points for not making cakes or whatever. So the question, well, well, you, uh, well, you're an anarchist and you don't believe in war. So are you going to not haul for the military? 
And I said, okay, number one, I have hauled for the military. Um, and I avoid it like the plague, not because it's not lucrative because it is because it's a pain in the ass to deal with. So if I can avoid going to a military base, I will just because it wastes so much of my time. Okay. But guys, here's the problem with these absolutes. If I am not going to support the military with my truck, I can't haul food, I can't haul toilet paper, can't haul tires, can't haul car parts, because something in my trailer will eventually benefit a soldier somewhere. So the idea that I can peg my self-righteousness and say, I'm not going to do this because, well, you don't know in a market the ripple effects of everything you do, and it's just, it's too much work. To try to do that right. to say that well i'm and, not going to do and, this because uh, let me let me say something in our our, our most recent episode with brexit kv i don't know if y'all had a chance to listen to that or not not yet okay he said something and because i told him i said as, as in libertarian circles we we say taxation is theft and he wasn't he wasn't even familiar with christian anarchism until i explained it to him and he's like well that actually makes a lot of sense but he said anything that we do is going to feel like some sort of submission, even if we don't agree with it. You know what I'm saying? So like, even if we pay taxes, it's it, somewhere down the road, those taxes are going to support some sort of evil. So you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's, I understand what you're saying about no absolutes or, but it's going to be an act of submission, which we were told to do to submit to governor authorities not obey them, but to submit, there's two different, two different meanings behind those words. If you, if you look at the definition, if you look at the definitions in the Greek of submit and obey, like uh, we should, we're to obey God rather than man in Acts five or in Romans uh, 13 to submit to governing authorities. If you look at the two definitions, they're, they're opposite. They're, they don't mean the same thing. And it's like Bruxy said in, in our, in our episode, he said Paul had so many words he could have used, but he, he used submit on purpose. Well, it's just like my, my page is named Daniel 3, which ironically isn't about the story of Daniel, but about the, uh, the other Hebrews, uh, uh, Meshach, uh, Radshach, and Abednego. You know what? They disobeyed the state, but they submitted to the punishment. They submitted to the consequences. When I was, uh, I've, I've told this story more than once. My favorite... Uh, uh, action when it's submitting to the state of Rosa Parks on the bus. Mm. Yep. She did yep. not obey that ridiculous law. And she told the bus driver said, I'm going to have to call the police. And she said, you may. And they did. And the cop showed up. She submitted. That's, that's how we, I mean, that's how we're to act well, as Christians. And, and, and also, and I never knew this until like months ago, she was sitting in the seat she was supposed to be in. Right. Right. I always had, and I like I, I asked my mother-in-law and I asked my mom because you know my mom was born in '42. I think my mother-in-law's been on '50, so that you know they were old enough at that time. And I said, "Where was she sitting on the bus?" And both of them said, "Oh, she was in the front." And I'm like, "No, she wasn't. She was sitting in the black in the Negro seat where she was supposed to be, and they told her to give up her seat to a white man, and she said no." Yeah. You no. Know, so it was kind of on both sides of it. She was sitting where she was supposed to be and she wasn't, she didn't get on that bus and well, I'm going to show them, you know, 
Um, but yeah, it's of course context. She is my, she is probably my, my favorite example of all of this. I mean, I, I love her story. Have the, you the read, fact, uh, renegade history of the United States by Thaddeus Russell yet? You asked me that when you had Abby and I on, and I just got a, $200 Amazon gift card from work and I've ordered a bunch of books and that was one of them. I have not read it yet, but I do have well, it. Well, he did, it's a, he did, um, an interview on his unregistered podcast with Hotep Jesus and then Hotep Jesus had him on his and it, they're each three hours. And dude, you talk about rich history surrounding African-American history. And I didn't even know we had a podcast. Point. How did I not know this? Oh, it's fantastic. Um, I got to get out of my own world, man. I just live here in Craig's world and I like my little echo chamber that I've well, created. <laughs> so, so here's, you know, here, here's, let's go to the practical reality. Okay. I believe, and I'm not jumping up and down and happy about it. I believe that Trump's going to win. I even think there's a possibility of a 50 and O um, landslide. No, I'm not. Oh, I hope it happens. I'm just, I'm just ob observing I'm watching well, it's, the game. It's, it's interesting. If you look at the the Democrats, I think that they nominated Biden on purpose because they don't want to win. Oh, I agree. Yeah. If they would have nominated anyone in the statist sense, again, I'm going to quote this, half decent. None of them are Tulsi decent. Tulsi Gabbard could they have, have wiped the floor with that. Absolutely. I, I, there's not a doubt in my mind, but I, there's something I yeah. think, and I've, I've said this to like my Trump supporting friends and family, They've already, the Democrats already have their guy in office. They're not interested in winning that seat. He's already there. Right. Trump, to me, has <laughs> pulled the biggest scam on Republicans in history. He's, As, a, he's, a, he's a liberal, dude. And, I mean, if you can't look at what, how he acts, he's a socialist, for one. And I love the Republicans. We will never be a socialist nation. <laughs> We're there, dude. I, I, I'm like... I, I shared I shared a post. I don't know if you saw it on the Anarcho Christian page. Was it yesterday or the day before? And I was like pointing out. I was like, I was like, the Democrats are now brazenly socialist. The Republicans say they are against socialism, but more than half of what they support now is socialist. And I almost got to respect the Democrats a little bit more because they're at least. More I've, I've said I, that. I've said that all <laughs> along. I've, I have more respect yeah. for for the left than I do the right. Absolutely. Because the, okay. because the left will tell you what they're going to do and they'll do it. The oh, right's going to be like. They'll be like, okay, now here is, uh, here it is. Here, here's the blatantly unconstitutional, evil and immoral <laughs> ways that we are going to usurp your personal liberty. Here it is. Uh, we're going to write it. There it is. And the Republicans are like, would you look at those evil bastards? Now, if you write us a big enough check, we'll do the same thing. They, they the Republicans to me are absolutely reprehensible because they, they're the, they are bigger liars than the left. Yeah, I get inside. I don't even debate the left anymore. I just because I, I know what they're doing. I debate the right more because I came from that that side. Yeah. And I'm so frustrated with that. They it's like they they're walking around like this. Yep. You know, and I mean, I've got family that just my feed on Facebook is gross. Oh, I yeah. Mean, just I just and I it. it I might, now, if I'm sitting around just having a few beers, I'm probably going to comment on, on your post. Now, the, if I see it just in passing, I'm just going to pass it on by. But The bootlicking among conservatives is, is you know, is, it's, just, it's just sickening. But, well, like when I had Jessica Green on, 
and I made She's a comment. Awesome. I said, listen, to the left, guys, you can have all the social welfare you want. Man, we can build homeless housing. Hell, we can even do it with taxation if you'll just shut down the Pentagon. Yep. If you'll just stop killing I me, mean, 30 to 50 million people in the last 75 years have died at the hands of the empire. You shut down the Pentagon, y'all can have all the social welfare you want. Hell, you can have universal health care. I'll give that to you if you just shut down the Pentagon, but none of them will ever do it. Obama didn't do it. Clinton didn't do it. None of these social Biden justice won't do heroes, it. Biden won't do it. So, so to the practical measure, because uh, we've been probably an hour and a half now, Trump's going to win, right? And, um, and now I do... If you look, uh, which, of course, the American media never covers this. But if you look at what a lot of these world people are saying, World Health Organization, World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates, there's a lot of people that are using this build back better, build back better, build back better, the great reset. I think there's a potential that the reason the Democrats want to lose and let Trump have another four years is they can blame their next terrorist attack on him. I think I do believe that like that we're about to see the last hail Mary. Well, either either that either that or the uh, economic crash that's definitely on the horizon. Yeah. Whoever Which is was in the starting office, way like, before COVID. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's but, be honest. Well, and even I can't even blame Trump. Not that Trump did anything to help it, but the economic collapse was coming way before even Trump started. I mean, Obama set things in motion. Really, Bush. Again, there's no difference, Scott. It's like you just keep going back. They do the same. They all do the same Keynesian socialist nonsense that just keeps right. on, you know, destroying the the value of the dollar. That I mean, it's an oxymoron to say value of the dollar anymore. It has no value except for people that that haven't caught up so, yet. And, so, Craig, and, you'll, you'll you'll probably dig this. It's a sports analogy. Here's how I see it. The I don't globe. watch NASCAR, by the way. So okay. if we're going so NASCAR, I'm not going to understand I'll give, it. I'll give you football, okay? <laughs> the way I, This is how I look at it, all right? You've got all these globalists. You've got all these, these, these people, these elites that love power, okay? And right now, they are, like, on the three-yard line. They're backed up into the end zone. It's fourth and fifteen. The clock's got three seconds left, and their only shot to win is a Hail Mary 95 yards to the other end, right? That's, that's it. That's where we're at right now. These, the market and innovation and technology and the, the way that social media has connected people across borders and across faiths and across ethnicities, and, and people are able to connect more, and, and human beings are more connected than we've ever been and we're having good conversations, and we've, the, we've pushed these people back as far as they can go, and they got one shot left. You know, they tried the, the, all their stuff, the lockdowns, and, and that's blowing up in their face, and it's not going the way they want it to go. And we're, we're about to see their last Hail Mary. And I believe that when the ball gets to the other end, it's going to be nothing but air, and they're done. The, the game's over. So I have a really optimistic outlook, you know, and that's why, that's why I can say I don't care. Biden, Trump, Jorgen, whatever. It's not going to matter because the end of the state as we know it, you know, and guys, let's think about it. There used to be kingdoms and empires, you know, and, and 
but they're gone. They don't exist anymore. You've got the mascots in England, you know, the king and queen and all that crap and the princes and princesses, but they're mascots. They're no different than the, the Padres chicken or whatever, you know, um, uh, or Big Al at, at University of Alabama, a big elephant running around. That's all they are. And I, do you understand that? I mean, when I lived in Arkansas, and this is – I don't mean to derail your conversation, but when, when I went to an Arkansas Razorback basketball game, they played Alabama, and we were leaving the game, and there's some Alabama fans, and this guy's like, hey, what's the point of the elephant? What does that mean with Crimson Tide? I don't get it. Well, I tell <laughs> they you – They couldn't answer it. Well, here's – I think – if if you've ever, even if you don't watch sports, go dig up the ESPN documentary, Roll Tide, War Eagle. Um, if you want to understand how I look at politics, it's Alabama and Auburn. You know, because all the other schools and all the other sports think they have a rivalry, and then there's Auburn and Alabama. Where a guy, because someone taped a Cam Newton jersey to Bear Bryant's statue, the dude went, to Toomer's Corner in Auburn and poisoned the trees. Yes. <laughs> you know, and when they asked, they interviewed him, and he said, just had too much Bama in me, you know. And to, so you look at that, and you're like, well, how dumb is that? But but when you go to a wedding and you walk in and they're seating you and it's the bride or groom, in Alabama, you walk into the wedding, and you're Auburn or Alabama, because they will separate – the Auburn and Alabama fans, because that's how ridiculous it is. Well, I, I see red and blue the same way. And I wish I had artistic skill because I'd love to have like the left wing of a dove and the right wing of a dove and be like, here's the left wing and the right wing. And then you zoom out and there's this fire breathing dragon that has the two dove wings on it and be like, and that's the state, you know, Oh, you're you're focusing on the little left wing and the little right wing, and oh, how look how sweet and precious they are. I'm currently judging wow. you how you're using your hands, by the way. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm securing my manhood. Okay, uh, good. But you know, there's this fire-breathing dragon that will burn everything in sight. You know, as a as some, but I have the artistic skill of the cinder block, so I can't pull it off. But so somebody's listening, y'all go ahead and make that happen. We have our uh, – Jacob said something in his live stream yesterday. He was talking about the bad Roman, about how we are in your face. And that was uh, something that we we wanted to be. Like, we weren't going to be pacifist about it. Like Mission accomplished. Like, so and, – and I get – I don't – I can't take any credit for our memes. We I have Nathan Javoya. He does all that. He handles our social media for the most part when it comes to memes and stuff. And that dude is incredible. And he's – He's pretty savage. He's he's pretty uh, in your face about. It. I told him, I told him, I was like, I said, we have the 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 idea to be in your face. We're gonna love you. We're gonna tell you the truth, and we're gonna be in your face about it. And he's like, and, and that's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. Just like in the church, there's gonna be times and people who their role is to go up to people who are whether they're living in sin or they're they're teaching something that's wrong or whatever like they they need someone to come up and like in their face like stop it you need to stop what you're doing you know rebuke them and but then like they might not be the same person who's going to check up with them the day later and pray with them and help work on healing and you know like the person who evangelizes isn't going to necessarily be the person up 
doing a a deep study on you know Romans thirteen or whatever. So you know we all have different roles and styles, and you know I really love the people who do the like in your face and like just like here it is, and like I view that as super important. It's super edifying to me to look at that content, and it, there are there are points in time where I will share or create that content. I have a mentality, again, I'm a bit more seeker sensitive and some people, that term is typically used in a derogatory way, um, but that's just my mindset. I, I, I'm kind of the person who is in the nursery and I'm, I'm giving the babies milk, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or I'm in children's school and I'm teaching, you know, I'm trying to explain to six-year-olds and eight-year-olds why Jesus died on the cross, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to explain to people the truth, but I also have to you know, like you said, it's watering it down. And I'm like, you know, I'm not watering it down at certain points in time with people because I'm trying to be inconsistent. It's just, I'm trying to, to, to meet people where they are and at I'm, and, and, and to give them as I'm much as they can that. handle. I think that I think we yeah. should do that. Like I said, my only hang up is just the, the actual going act, out there act, and voting. Being and an I, anarchist, I get that. That's all I'm asking. Now, if you want to, like I said, drive them to the, the, the polling stations, the voting booths, whatever. Have a ball, do it. Just sit in the truck while they're in there voting. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> and then when they ask you why, you can say, because I don't believe in the state. Well, there have been times where people know that I have voted, but then they'll be like, oh, who are you voting for this time? No one. They all, you know what I mean? So there's, and again, it's it, I'm not, I'm going up there and telling people about Joe at certain times when they're hardcore statists and trying to get them to vote for her over Trump and Biden. But like I said, I could sleep in November, whatever day it is and forget to vote. And I'm not going to sleep, sleep, in. sleep over it. Yeah. Craig's now going to be waiting the night before praying, you know, at his bed, like I'm going to shoot you a message. I'm going to shoot you a message. I was like, you better be asleep right now <laughs> and sleep throughout the day until hey, the, Craig, the, the Craig, I've got something to show you here that Jacob's probably seen. Uh, I'm going to bring this up on the screen. Do you see it? Don't blame me. I voted these, for oh, these, these billboards. God, the, the, yeah, I've <laughs> seen those. The, oh man, they, the anti Tom Wolf rhetoric in PA has, has reached hysterical. Even, I don't, I don't guess I get it. So, okay. So that, the guy on the right is Tom Wolf. He's the PA governor and he's been one of the more cringe governors as far as enforcing COVID mandates okay. and, and all the their virtue and the, the woman over the shoulder is the uh, Levine, the health director. Um, but I saw these billboards start popping up in Pennsylvania um, uh, when all after all the lockdowns. And you know, he, he started his in March, and probably in April, these billboards started showing up. And next time I go up through Allentown, uh, I've got to uh. I've got to take some pictures because Levi Halley, Valley Health Network, dude, has spent a million dollars on billboards with all of these um, doctors and nurses with masks on. It just says heroes, heroes, heroes. I bet you there's 20 billboards uh, from Allentown up toward yep. Scranton. Um, and I'm just – people don't understand that messaging, you know. But what – but what to our discussion, what – what makes it funny to me is people are like, oh, yeah, don't blame me. I voted for Wagner. And I'm thinking, you think if Wagner got in, it'd be any different? No. 
Absolutely nope. not. It I said the same thing same. when I voted for Mitt Romney and John McCain. <laughs> so, <laughs> I used to say the same garbage. I mean, it's not my fault. I didn't vote for that guy. Well, I got uh, Michael Corbel uh, on the, checking in on the stream, and he says Democrats will stab you in the chest. I saw that. Yeah, stab stab you in the back. <laughs> Well, you know that, that you know because I mean maybe getting stabbed in the back's a little bit better. I don't, don't see know. it coming. <laughs> well, it's like somebody told me one time, like the voting of lesser of two evils. Now, and I was I meant to say this to Jacob earlier. I was like, you're gonna vote for the lesser of three evils, but a, a, a buddy of mine said it's like he goes, "What's more deadly, one gunshot to the head or two? Right. Hmm. Either way, I mean, you're still getting the state. And we should be actively anti-state as anarchists, and even more so as Christians. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally hear where you're coming from. I don't totally agree with, like, you know, I wouldn't phrase me going out there and voting for Joe as voting for the lesser of, of three evils. But, like, I, I do get where you're coming from. I, I don't think we're going to come away seeing completely eye to eye there. But, I mean... You know, but I do appreciate that you at least see what I'm doing is not, you know, again, it's like you don't have a problem with pretty much any of the other things I'm doing or even telling people to go vote for Joe. You well, I do the same thing. Drive them, drive them there. And, 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 and that I wasn't aware of before. And, you know, that's 95% what I'm about. The me going and voting part is is less about me caring about it as much as like, I'm telling people to go do it. And so I just figure, well, if I'm telling them to go do it, I'll go do it. You well, know, I think, I think, them, it's, but... I think it be, could be more of a witness if you didn't vote though. Like you can tell them to do it, but they're going to they're, they're question, well, but why didn't Jacob vote though? I mean, he's, he's pushing us to vote for a third party candidate, but why didn't he do it? And then you can explain why. I, I, I feel like it, go, it could go both ways. Like some people might be like, impressed by other people might be like what's up with this dude like he's inconsistent he told us to vote for this person and now he's not doing it so again it's like i'm i'm i think in that's this why instance, i always say if you feel I'm, the need to vote if you still feel the need to vote when i'm talking to people then vote for a third party candidate at least do that now as anarchists right. let's let's stay consistent well i i uh you know i i'm not shy about saying you know how i believe that decentralized finance and cryptocurrency is going to bring about the end of the state yet i own no crypto you know i i just haven't i don't i don't have the financial means just yet we had a we had a message through our website about about that actually we we, are somebody sent us a a message through our website i'm not at all knowledgeable about that and you you your name came up actually because you were talking about it with when me and Abby were on. Because I was trying to ask, like, who can we get on to talk about this? And Abby's like, Chris Pope knows about it. <laughs> a little, a but little. like Abby's Here. like a she calls herself an amateur economist. And so I asked her if she knew anything about it, which she's not not very familiar either. But your name did come up. So I'd back like- in back in 2012, when I did have the means. I almost bought 300 Bitcoin when they were $2 is like a joke. I oh, had no man. idea. I was like, Oh man. But so right now it's $12,000 somewhere between so, 10 and 12 grand. Yeah. 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 Oh, I man. was really hurting in December, 2017 <laughs> when it went up to 17,000 and I did that math 
Um, but see, it wasn't a principled thing. It wasn't like, oh, uh, this is going to bring about the end of the state. It was like, oh, well, that's cool. I've got 600 bucks. I could buy 300 of those and, you know, and just have them. And now what, ha- you know, see what happens. But. And that's kind of my mentality with the voting is kind of like, I know as an anarchist, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make a difference on the outcome of the election. I said that at the beginning, like, you know, some statist will get into office. There's no way Joe Jorgensen's winning. And if she did, it would only be a sign that she was not as sincere about liberty as she was campaigning about. And at the end of the day, there's going to be statists doing statist things. You know what I mean? It's like that, that uh, common social media thing, like obvious statist is statist. Like, you know, like at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen. And so I guess almost fatalistically, that's kind of why I view the decision to vote as sort of nonchalant. Like, yeah, yeah I'll go do it. Maybe I don't. I don't care. It, it, it's, but I understand where Craig's coming from. His heart is to want to be consistent, to not water down the message with our actions, I guess is probably where you're coming from, because you get why we would do that when we're talking to people. But our actions, you want them to be, be consistent. So that, okay, how about this? Yeah. Either one of you ever listened to Dave Ramsey? Oh, dude, that's how I got out of debt, man. I, I followed his uh, podcast okay. and it, it, All right. following his plan got so me. So here here's here's an example for you, Craig, that you you probably like. He's in a my, huge status, by the way. Oh, one hundred percent. Okay. But in my wallet, I have a corporate American Express card. Okay. And it's you know, my boss uses American Express. Um, you know, because when you know, when a truck breaks down and it's ten thousand dollars, we gotta be able to swipe the card and get moving, right? So what does Dave Ramsey say about American excess? He hates American Express with a passion, right? Sure. Okay, I could show Dave. Okay, but Dave, we're in trucking, and da, 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 and, and this is why it works for us. Now, privately, Dave's probably going to say, yeah, man, whatever. You know, you guys aren't going into debt. You're you're paying this thing off every month. Probably. I don't know, man. But, He's pretty but, hardcore about okay, it. Okay, I know, I know. But here's the thing. Even if that was true, there's no way he can go on the radio because of consistency. You know, even if that were to happen and I say, well, you know, listen, Dave, this is how we use an American Express and we have to, and this is what we do. Of course, we're not going to ask your permission or your blessing. This is what we do. Okay. But he can't go on the radio and say that because if he does, then people are going to be, well, Dave Ramsey said you can use American Express, right? there are financial instruments and there's way that people do things that work and they're responsible with it. And it doesn't bring destruction on their lives. But Dave Ramsey, because of who he is and the platform he has, he can't say that he, he just can't do it. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. Look, if you're going to be an anarchist, don't walk into the voting booth, be consistent with what you're saying. And I, and I appreciate that, and I think it's kind of the position that Dave is in. We, you know, we could have a co- private conversation, and I could say, well, I'm not going to vote for president, but I am going to go spit in the governor's eye, and I'm going to write in this guy's name just, just so I can be de- difficult and defiant, uh, or I'm going to vote on the, the medical marijuana or whatever. Um, but I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, that if you're going to have a bad Roman project, you know, and you're going to, you know, or, or I'm going to have unbeliever or, da- or, or Jacob's going to have Daniel three, then there's probably a legitimate criticism to say, well, then don't go, don't go do what you say is the complete opposite of what you believe. 
I can completely accept that and respect that. Um, but at the end of the day, maybe what I'm going to do privately doesn't have to, you know, not everybody's got to know about that, you know? Yeah. But in, in that, <laughs> in my own conscience though, I couldn't, I would not be able to allow myself if, if to do that, you know what I'm saying? Like if it, if it's going against what I believe, I couldn't do it privately just because I think it might change something. I, I can't, I'm pretty stubborn. I've told you in the past, I'm pretty black and white about everything. I don't see any gray area and that's to a fault. I admit that. And my mom was telling me, she goes, you've been that since you, that way since you were born. But that's the foundation of personal liberty. You know, is well, I can go do things that someone else may say, well, I absolutely can't do that. You know, that's, that's, that's the beauty of liberty and that's what right, liberty but, should be. <laughs> But going and voting, you're you're pretty much giving up your liberty, in my opinion, your personal liberty. See, that's that's where we slightly disagree, because to me, it's just like I'm not going to ask the state to, it's like, to it's provide like, me liberty, because it's never going to happen. I don't care who's in charge. I agree. Right, and 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 I I don't agree that you know it's like I don't go to protests because I'm I'm asking them for liberty. I'm I'm more like going in protest saying, hey, uh, you guys have no right to do this, and. I'm not going to ask for my liberty. I, I have it. I was born with it. God gave me rights. And I'm going to demand that you stop infringing upon them. That's to me what, a, a pro, you know, why I go to certain protests. That's what my message is. It's not like, please give me rights. It's, it's like, no, hey, stop oppressing yeah, but I've the also rights that God seen gave you me. Say that by voting, I'm trying to get the state's boot off of my neck. Well, there's also like, like what um, Chris said, you know, like when you vote – in those referendums to, you know, to, to legalize marijuana. Like, let's say on a local level, I support a libertarian candidate and they happen to get elected and they do something that, you know, slightly decreases the amount of statism that I actively deal with on a daily basis. It's like, I don't think that voting is going to actually remove the entire boot. I mean, like the entire government is not going to go away just through the act of voting alone. I mean, the Mises caucus kind of pushes the idea that you can do this decentralization revolution where you get all the state and then all the local levels to basically pass all this nullification and, and, and stuff at the local level and then secession, which sounds really good in theory. You know, I kind of feel like it's doomed like most human endeavors, but, um, you know, that it's a little bit different than like, oh, I'm just going to vote and someone's going to get into office and rip everything. You know, at the federal level, it's all doomed. The local and state level, it's like, I'm not, con I'm more convinced than not that it's doomed, but I, I think there's more possibility there. I'm someone, I'm, I'm very, probably more than I come across, I'm very skeptical of even my own beliefs and and convictions and I'm I, I a little bit different than you. You're stubborn in wanting to be consistent and I'm sometimes stubborn in wanting to and I want to phrase this correctly because it, it could come across as an I'm insult already or judging content, you. but it's really not. <laughs> yeah. Um but like I, I'm I'm very stubborn about like not wanting to be too prideful to admit that like well I could be wrong or I could be seeing this the wrong way. It's like I'm always you know, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who, before I say something, I might put up like two minutes of disclaimers. Well, I was going to uh, tell you this wanna... and just, just in our conversations, 
And one thing that I've noticed about you, I, I think you tend to overthink more than you should. And I've done it in the past and, and then and take take a step back, <laughs> take a deep breath. We're Christians. Our King is Christ, not the state. Absolutely. And I, we should, I don't... we should. And yeah, I'm very, you're right. I'm very stubborn about it. And it's, something that I've, I've put across with our project consistently is because we're, we're not going to waver from it. And I've made it very clear with everybody that's working on the project with us too. We're not wavering from this. I've had people involved in the past that got mad at me and left because of my stance, but that's okay. That's okay. I don't hate them. We're not, it's not like we're not friends anymore, but we have a, we have a project and I got to tell you, dude, the bad Roman project is, blowing up right now and, it, and it's not anything that I'm doing it's 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 beyond me what is happening I, I cannot even I would have never expected what's happening but we if if you we can follow we can track our followers like on Podbean and how many times our podcasts have been listened to we are we've outpaced Libertarian Christian Institute they they release once a week we've released 12 episodes we have more people following the Bad Roman Project than, than LCI. And they've been listened to like 1,800 times, and they've been doing a lot longer. We've been listened to over 2,000 times. And it's, it's unbelievable to me. And I'm not do, saying this to boast. It's just incredible to me what's happening. And I really love the fact that people are latching onto it. And I think that has a lot to do with our consistency. I, I've told Steven in the past, I love Steven's podcast. I texted him last night. I was like, dude, where's your podcast at, man? I look every day for, you know, he's been pretty busy with work and stuff and he's going to get back on it. But I told him I, he is, he is more consistent with his message as well than like other podcasts. And that's why I like, and, and he has a way of teaching that I wish I could. I'm very jealous of the way mm -hmm. he can teach. I have to have somebody to play off of. Like he can get to an, ep an episode and just and t teach us something. I couldn't do that, dude. I would sit here and stumble, ramble all over and say, I need somebody to talk to, to play off of. And it's, but yeah. Well, I think. I hear, I hear where you're coming from. And I, I just like to wrap it up. I, I said this to you before and when we were getting ready to do this and, and you didn't necessarily agree with it. And I want to see, you know, like my last question before we got to go would be to see maybe if you agree with it now, but like, I feel like the difference between you and me is not our core philosophy. It's more, personality and and kind of like the nitty-gritty of of application of what we do and and you were not sure you were like well i don't know that's why i want to hash this out uh because i think we might have some differences in, in our well when we first started talking about doing this i was not for it chris knows that abby knows that i've because in our conversations just in in the group we've we've gone pretty hard at each other in in, in these oh, conversations yeah. and i yeah. did not want to get on here and do this and, and sound like a jerk. And I'm, if I have, I apologize. But I, that was what that, and I told you this last night, my biggest fear is being a stumbling block to somebody, whether it's in, yeah. whether it's Christianity or anarchism. And so I didn't want to say something to come across as a jerk to you. And that's, that's why I was very hesitant. But the more I thought about it, and I blame Abby for all of this, by the way, because she kept pushing <laughs> me to do this. And we needed to talk about this, not just for us. I think we've come to an understanding with this conversation. Yeah. But I think we need to do this for the remnant 
You know what I'm saying? Like people are out there that are, are tuning into stuff like this because there's a people on the fence about what we're talking about. I'm telling you, like, like I told you, my mom is this close, but there's things that mm -hmm. she's, she, she just is not comfortable with, but they're there. And, and I'm, I'm sure you get messages too on your page, but I get a lot of them, you know, through our website and, and, and through the, the page. And there's people asking questions and those are the folks that we need to be focusing on. The, well, not, Lark, not the people that are dug in. Larkin Rose has done a good job. He put out this little pamphlet called um, what anarchy isn't. And he, he does a great job of, of making the, uh, the point that everybody's an anarchist. They just don't realize it. Right. You know that. And, and here's why I think bad Romans growing. And I think, I think unbeliever has value. I think Daniel three has value. Um, I've just got to stop working 150 hours a week so I could produce content. But, um, you know, we owe a lot of this to Adam Curry, the pod father, you know, that, that invented <laughs> podcasting. Okay. Then Joe Rogan took it to another level, right? Because why is Joe Rogan so popular? Well, he's funny. He's entertaining. He's a good interviewer. But people like long-form conversation. Jordan Peterson made this great point that I'll butcher, but I'll boil it down to this. He's talking about how media tells us that we're dumb, incompetent amoebas that, don't, that can't handle complex issues. Yet, look at games, Game of Thrones. You know, what, what, do, what do we want in entertainment? We want 4,700-hour these big long with twisted plots and intricate stuff. That's that tells you what we want. And so when Rogan becomes this monolith in podcasting, because he sits down and has conversations with people, why I think what we're doing and, and all of us from, from bad Roman to um, Stephen Rose's stuff. And what, what I want to do is, when I'm watching, say, Rogan, and, and Rogan will get somebody on that has a completely different philosophy than he does, you know, like an, take, take an Alex Jones or something like that. Um, I sit and think, boy, man, if they could just get a little bit of anarchy, you know, if they could just get a little bit of the kingdom, if they could get a little bit of this, well, we got that, you know, so we can have conversations um, yeah. but we can, we can proclaim the message of Liberty, the message of Christ, the gospel and the new kingdom. Um, and I think this platform and this philosophy, I mean, if you think about it, it's so tiny right now, but mm -hmm. comparatively speaking, you know, it might as well, it hardly ex even exists compared to 10 years ago. It, and you talk about an explosion and a revolution yeah. and a reformation, um, there's no stopping it. The genie's out I of the wish, bottle. You ain't putting I, it back. I, I'm a huge advocate for different perspectives, and that's what we try to do with our project. Like, I can't sit and spout off behind a microphone and reach everybody, but I can have people with a different perspective that might. Like, I could have Jacob on our show, and he's going to resonate with somebody that I can't. I love getting as many people involved as possible because 
we need those voices. These voices need to be heard. And the more voices we, I encourage anybody thinking about doing a podcast, do it. Start a podcast. Come on, come on my show. I'll promote you. I'll get your voice out there. I, I, cause I think this is not a competition to me. I, I think we're a, a, a small family and we're doing this to advance the kingdom of Christ. We're doing this to advance Amen. anarchy. And I want as many people involved. That's why we, we, uh, we, asked listeners to write a blog or send us a submission for a blog that's been blowing up lately too my my poor project coordinator i don't know what she was getting i don't know if she knew what she was getting into but she's been working tight like she handles the website she handles all the editing for the podcast and now she she also handles the blog and stuff and we're wearing her out <laughs> people are sending these submissions in and and i'm very proud of the work that she's doing because she's She's pretty phenomenal. Chris, which I think you, you submitted. Have y'all finished that? I haven't. I, she emailed me the other day and I'm just, I'm, I'm so, I got, I got 17 irons and irons in the fire and I'm trying to get off the road. I'm hoping maybe another six months and, and I can have a normal life. Not yeah, I get that. I mean, we're working a ton of hours at work and I, I'm thankful that we've got so many episodes recorded ahead of time. We've got enough stuff recorded right now to get us through the end of the year. Releasing every two yeah, that's weeks. what I'm working on right now is because I, I work crazy. I mean, I work probably 60, 70 hour weeks and I got to also like, I want to get this going, but I also have to like stay, you know, reserved because like I can't just not spend time with my family. I have to honor my commitment to my wife. Well, and that's my why you need to get some and, people involved and yeah. help with your, with your project. Because when I started the Bad Roman, there was no way in hell I was going to be able to do this by myself. I don't know how anybody handles a podcast by themselves i i, I didn't a, realize how much work oh, it was until i got into it i mean to to edit everything and to manage a website and to, oh see i didn't i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do that if if you listen to yeah. my unedited version of the podcast it's retarded but <laughs> she does such a fantastic job of cleaning it up for us that it almost sounds like we know what we're doing over here but I, I can be stubborn like i don't always like to ask people to do things that i know i can do but i have to get better at realizing i only have so many hours a day to gotta delegate man that's that's what i yep. what i did with our especially our social media with nathan taking over that for the most part it's really freed me up just to focus on the podcast like when i was trying to do it in the yep. beginning i was trying to do all of it and it was really wearing on me and it's impossible with, with everybody yep. involved and we've got we've got more than just nathan helping with this that it's it's really made my job a lot easier i mean i don't I can get behind a mic for an hour, maybe if I can find some free time and, and record an episode and then I'm done. Well, I'll, I'll finish with this. Cause I, I probably got to get going here in a minute. I'll finish with this. I will say based on our conversation that I'm going to change my, when someone asks me if I'm voting this year, it's no longer voting for Joe. It's undecided because you have brought up some good points. I'm not totally swayed. But I hear where you're coming from, and you know I want to think Fair. about it some more. <laughs> I want to work it out in my head a bit more. Um, Is you this know, where I declare I, I victory, like consistent. Abby did in y'all's episode? Yes. <laughs> she told me she's you're almost to the point where I declare declare victory. Well, you know what's funny in that in that episode, I don't feel like I changed my perspective at all. I just, like we realized we were more closer. Kind of the same thing that happened to the today. Same perspective than we were. Where well, no, today I feel like you brought up some points because. I was really coming at my heart is really for like what I am doing as far as reaching people. But 
I think that the point that you brought up that I really hadn't considered and that I should, which is that I can do all that, but I don't, at the end of the day, I have to actually show up and step into the booth. Like that's probably the least important part of everything I said that I'm doing, which is, you know, influencing people who are still going to vote anyway to vote differently to influence I'm them about in the direction I'm all about that. is, is, you know, is one thing me going and doing it myself again, I'm, I'm undecided. I still have, you know, the things that I said before I'm that gonna call you on voting day, by the way. My head. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll uh, conveniently lose my yeah. phone that day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, man, it's been fun. I, I love talking to y'all. Um, I love the conversation. Um, because uh, to reiterate that, that what makes this good is the technology gives us the opportunity, you know, I mean, we're, it's probably 500 miles from my house to Jacob and it's probably five or 600 from my, my, my house to Craig. So without social media and the internet, we, we don't have the opportunity to connect and, and, you know, without being able to sit out on the porch and, and, and drink a beer or, or have this conversation or meet somewhere, it doesn't happen. And now this technology, wonderful technology gives us the, the ability to make those borders meaningless. And this, these conversations are what's going to change the world. So well, I I'll tell you, you. I, the only reason I really showed up today is because I was told there's going to be beer and y'all have both let me down. So I'm going to have to go find some new friends. Jacob, I also want to say this. I've been, I, and not to put your business out there, but I've been following your story with your shop and I've been praying for you and all that. And if there's anything I can do to help, I can help a little, you know, I'm having a house built and stuff, so I'm saving for that. But if there's anything that I can do to help, let me know, dude, don't even hesitate. And I'll, I'll do what I can. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, it, I, I think we'll, uh, you know, I'm thinking and hoping that we're we're gonna make it through, but it's it's just always tough when you're kind of you know getting through through the the skin of your teeth. You know oh, what I, I mean? It. It's 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 tough to and it's it's tough trying to balance all of this. I mean, like I have things that I feel convicted to do, like this, but I also have the commitment to my family, and you know, I could just work ninety hour weeks and that would solve everything, but that would only you know what I mean? Like that'd get us more money, but at the same time, then my kids would just be like, where's dad? Well, can I just yeah. tell you, you know this? You know just I mean? get so rid of your, it's, just it's, get rid of your family and get a couple of cats and it's a whole lot easier. <laughs> they take care of themselves. You got to clean up after them a little bit, but, but for the most part, I, they're a lot easier to deal with than family. I want to <laughs> add something to that because there's a lot of these little commie socialists that, that love to rag on business and, um, and they're loving, they're having a field day with landlords right now. Um, dude, I bet we've spent $60,000 in the last two months on truck repairs. You know, we, we had major catastrophic failures with trucks in our, in our business. And, um, you know, if we didn't have the ability to make a profit and have that money sitting there when it hit the fan and, and, and engines breaking and transmissions breaking and, um, and having to go buy trucks and, and, you know, and, and pay that $25,000 American express bill, our drivers are homeless, you know, and so I'm not get off on yeah. a tangent, but we, you know, we, 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 we pay the bills for, for five drivers and their families. And, um, you know, just, I wish some of these idiots that live in their mom's basement that 
love to criticize people in business. If they had to do what we had to do for about a month, they'd be crying. So, uh, No, you're right. And, and yeah, I mean, we could do a whole other episode on the way the lockdowns have been terrible for, you know, for, 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 you know, especially ma and pa shops. I mean, it's funny. The the left likes to talk about how much they hate corporations. This has been great for corporations. Oh, buddy. What it's really killed is small ma and pa shops. And have I mean, you seen? It's really brutal. Well, we're getting on a tangent, but I'm telling you, have you seen now these blue check marks on Twitter being like, well, you know, mama, small businesses really aren't that good. I mean, you know, they don't pay their workers well and they don't have, they have a big carbon footprint. And I'm thinking, what the hell happened, you know? And, <laughs> and all of a sudden, the corporations have completely got the run of the world. And yeah, I'll tell you all this. I, and y'all both know how stubborn I am. I, I'm going to be completely completely stubborn if this other if this stuff ever ends every place that's let me come in without a mask that's where i'm shopping from now on oh yeah i'm not going to frequent any of these other stores that have required it because no i you've ruined it and, and I, I actually hope i'm going to be one of these leftists i hope all the big corporations fall apart <laughs> oh they will well i tell you we definitely need to have another conversation on lockdowns um oh we we've because we've had some conversations, you know, about vaccines and 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 mandates and stuff. And and I'm I'm sitting here in a county of fifty six thousand. There's maybe thirty five deputy sheriffs. There's like three state troopers. There's just not enough enforcement agents. But what do we have to do? What do we do if we have to run? You know, what if we have to bug out if we're gonna if it really gets as bad as it could? You know, there's a conversation. Let's talk about the lockdowns. Let's talk about how to evade and escape tyranny. So we'll go ahead and work on scheduling that. We'll bring Ab. Yeah, we should. It's important. All right, guys. It's been fun. All I right, appreciate man. it. Um, y'all can, uh, let's see, go to thebadroman.com. Do you have a website, Jacob? Or just a- it's not up and running yet, but you can just uh, uh, just look up Daniel 3, Obeying God over the state on Facebook okay. for now. All right, guys. It's been fun. See appreciate you. y'all. All right, man. Thanks. Yep. Taxation is theft.